Welcome to the 61st edition of the Guna Podcast, recorded immediately after number 60 on the Monday prior to Arsenal playing Partizan Belgrade in the Champions League. Thanks as ever to our sponsors, GunaShirts.com, a Christmas time. <laughs> the website for all your quality unofficial Arsenal t-shirt requirements, including a selection of perfect Christmas gifts for this Yuletide season. I'm your host, David Udo, and still with me are regular panellists Mark Ollington, Gunnar editor Kevin Witcher, and GunnerTalk.com's Lindsay Sheehan. Uh, in the intro, I mentioned uh, in two days' time, it's Judgment Day in the Champions League with Partizan Belgrade imminent. Um, Lindsay, how far do you think we can go in the Champions League, the, league this season? Anything before Wednesday, or is it UEFA Cup Channel 5 after Christmas? Oh, I'm a bit worried, I've got to say, because we've, just, we've left it all to do, haven't we? Because we're just... You just can see us finishing second, and that's that. And Barcelona again, or Real Madrid. Mark, um, and just have, what about you? I'm secretly hoping we get beaten on Wednesday night because I think we could win the um, Europa League, or whatever it's called. Crikey! Uh, um, Do you really want to be on Channel Five with Colin Murray Thursday <laughs> night? Welcome to the Emirates. It's my first time here. It's the big one: Arsenal versus Vitesse Arnhem. Well, we're never going to win the Champions League, but we might stand a chance. Murray says think. no, no. <laughs> Does he still do Channel 5? Oh no, he does match it there too now, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Who, who is it on Channel 5? Is it Elton Wellsby? No, no it's joking. not Elton Wellsby. You're dreaming. I was going to say. You're dreaming of Elton Wellsby. I've not watched it this season. I don't know who he is. But oh, what I would say is we're never going to win the Champions League. But we're so, going to win that other trophy. Crikey, so you, you're, you're suggesting we, we perchance completely fudge it Can Wednesday. Can you see for a second? Yeah. You people wouldn't mind say, it. I've heard on the day people saying we're going to win 6-7-0 on Wednesday. It's not going to be that easy. I can see us get nervous, splattering around, go one up, go to one all. It is not beyond the realms of possibility that we lose that game. Well, Kev, what are your thoughts? Well, A team with zero points from five games? I'll take you back to 1999 and Panathinaikos versus Arsenal. <laughs> we sent, up, sent out the equivalent of a Carling Cup team to Greece and won 3-1. So, and Panathinaikos... Could have qualified. They had to win to win the, uh, to qualify. Exactly. Yeah. So it does. It can happen. I mean, Partizan will be completely relaxed. They have got nothing to play for. There's nothing at stake for them. They could just play with abandon, and and maybe they can win that game. I mean, if, if I not. It was a betting man. I would back Arsenal, frankly. You know. Um, as far as the rest of the competition goes, should we get through? We are not going to win that trophy, so let's have a damn good tie in the last 16, even if we go out. You know, let's see Barcelona. I'd love to see Barcelona again. Um, well, well, we owe them a performance, don't we? And we owe them our fit 11, and, yeah. and 11 on the pitch. Yeah, no, I mean, undoubtedly we were very under strength when we played it last year. Um, but it would be a cracking tie. Yeah. So, what the hell? Okay, I'll just remember that that game is, if for no other reason, will always go down in history as it's shown that... Nicholas Bent has scored more goals in the new Camp than Alan Shearer. Mm. So there we go. I mean, you, you talk about that, but I mean, but you look at Barcelona, who a couple of weeks ago properly bent Real Madrid over. Oh. No lube, just went straight in over and over again. Right I mean, hell, David. You, you got sex on the brain, <laughs> It's on fire, my it's my pedigree chum. It is. Is <laughs> Once again, it's never a rowdy podcast. <laughs> Seriously, oh crikey, I'm comparing the Mirka over it. Uh, one assumes that um, 
the, the style of football which Barcelona play and, and um, the, the level that we saw against Real Madrid is that which Arsene Wenger uh, can only aspire to, really. I mean, why, why have Barcelona achieved it to the level of success they have and we haven't, given the fact that both of us put great store on developing young players? I'm not sure, because I don't know enough about football. But the answer is, <laughs> I want to take us back. I'll tell you a little story, Dave. If you're not a story for you all. Last season, I was sat here on this podcast debating the issues of the day. And I would say, and Kevin was there going, why can't we be as good as Barcelona? We've just been hammered. And I said, but no team can beat Barcelona. Until Kev said, well, Inter Milan might just be able to go and squeak out a, a result. And you know what they did, I think, didn't they? And they knocked them out the They trophy. didn't sneak a result, they did a job on them. But is there anyone, that Inter Milan have gone downhill, I would wager then, there's not a team like that left, because Chelsea got, aren't as good as they were last year, perhaps. There's not a Chelsea in the world. So I think there is no one in European football to match them. There is no one there at the moment, even teams of less ability but more kind of tactical nous that can squeeze them out. So to go back to your point, David, I said the reason why they've done it is they've got better youth policy, perhaps. They do. They had that kind of instilled mentality from an early age. We, we don't really have our players. That but because it, it's not just Barcelona, they are the club of Catalonia, yeah. and every Catalonian kid. So that's Barcelona. Yeah. And it's like Thirty back, miles. Yeah, going back to the previous podcast where Kevin scared me and said Jack Wilshire could potentially be on his way in eighteen months. What you've got of that young lad, and get off topic slightly, but still a pertinent point is that he does love Arsenal. He's there on his Twitter going, I hate Tottenham. He's there going, come on, and he's, he's, he's got his dog wearing an Arsenal t-shirt. You is that can't, true? Yeah, yeah. You can't really imagine, yeah, someone like Diaby or De Nielsen having that passion for the young club or even Chimac to a lesser extent. He genuinely loves the club and you believe his Barcelona Catalan players have a general sense of, you know, belief in the club they play play for. Masculine Messer, more than a club. In, yeah, Masculine um, club. And, we, 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 and Fabregas is a case in point. He's, you know, he probably loves what Arsenal done for him, what Wenger's done for him. But essentially, that thing about DNA, Arsenal isn't there, is it, for him? Well... Is that, isn't, that, isn't that the point? It all comes down to that. A lot well, of that's why it frustrates the hell out of me that we ship on our English lads a little too quickly. Because Wenger doesn't like their character. We're not being racist here, are we? It's, but it's about having it's that a sense of belief in a young club. It's a fact. I mean, the bottom line is, Barcelona take these kids when presumably they're 12, 13, 14. And in the same way that Arsenal's style of football is played on every level, so it is at Barcelona. The difference is that Barcelona actually stick with their prospects and bring them through. Whereas Arsenal use their academy to make money so that Wenger can go and buy 16-year-olds from France or Africa who do not have the same feeling for Arsenal Football Club. You know, they are here for the same reason Fabregas came originally, which is financial. Um, rather than any deep feeling for a club that has developed them from a very young age. And the interesting thing about the comparison is that the systems are very similar, except what happens with the kids. You know, we do have young talent, um, the same as Barcelona, and we coach them in a similar fashion, which is all about technique and skill. But by hanging on to their players, Barcelona develops spirit, which is absent in Arsenal, in my book, because you see the spirit of Barcelona when they haven't got the ball. 
you know, you saw it against Real Madrid. Real Madrid hardly had it because Barcelona were just too hungry to get it back. Now, did you see that in an Arsenal first team? And that's the difference between the two. And that's where we should be. And the reason for that is because the manager has taken a policy decision, which is that he doesn't like English players, either because maybe he doesn't trust them technically or he doesn't like their character. Um, so he would develop them to a certain point when they're worth a million or two, sell them on and get in players that he thinks have been coached better at a young age. And that's where I think we've gone wrong. Lindsay, why do you think Barcelona do it better than we do it? Well, I think they've got a defence for a start. I think, it's, that's a, I think that's a very interesting point. I mean, Wenger maintains that we've got five or six players who can play in the defensive midfield position. We have, but we've got one, which is Son. Wilsh is doing a bastard good job of looking like someone who can, but ultimately he's a playmaker. Again, it's a square peg in a round hole. Uh, in Sergio Busquets, um, Barcelona have arguably got the preeminent defensive midfield player in the world. So who was their big summer signing? Javier Mascherano to sit on the bench, just in case. I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. They've got defence and they know how to defend. Sorry, please. No, 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 you know, because if you look at the invincible <laughs> season, you could you could argue that that was probably the closest we've got because we had the players that could go forward, but we also had the old guard that just knew what they were doing at the back. And had we, or if we even make that any kind of priority, we're not a million miles away from them at all. Do you think Wenger really sits there at home after he's done his French mistress? <laughs> Allegedly. 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 He, 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 he wouldn't be at home, would he? He might be watching... A TV in a Paris hotel. Love, I'm just popping out. For, just there, popping yeah. out for the Daily Mail and a packet of fags. You yeah, did that last week. We've gone I three think nights. sits there in his Paris um, boudoir, and he's there with his French mistress, allegedly, and he pontificates and he thinks back to the invincible season, and he reminisces about the big days of Sol Campbell and Gilberto sat there in front of the back four. Surely he must realise that we haven't got that now. He, he's not that stupid, surely. He, he, he no, but he wants to, to, he wants to, what he wants to do is build a team where the vast majority of the players have been developed by himself. Because if you look at the Invincibles, you know, most of those players were bought when they were already uh, semi-established. You know, Perez, Henri, Bergkamp, Bergkamp Sol Campbell, Stop dribbling. <laughs> Lauren, yeah. uh, Gilberto. Gilberto Lame won the World Cup before he came. You know, so what Wenger's trying to do now is he's been indulged by the board to be able to build a team from scratch for financial reasons, and he wants to prove that he can do it. He wants to prove he is the great coach, that he doesn't need players with experience. He just needs players he's developed. But Arshavin's still there. He's still got a few of them knocking around. Well, I suspect is... I still suspect Arshavin was a board buy. I don't think Wenger really wanted him, but now he's got him, he really cannot just leave him on the bench he's yeah. got to play him really because he knows how good he is um, I mean you know that in a way is compromise you know I mean if Engel was that stubborn chances are he would have been sacked by now um, you know at that time in, in the club's story they needed a big star sign yeah. because we were having a really crap season the club level and hospitality box renewals were coming up and we had to give these people a reason to renew so star player is the answer to that um, so Arshavin was bought but ultimately you know, what worries me is that Project Wenger, this vanity project has been so indulged that it's gone too far now and someone's got to rein it back in 
Now, either that's going to be the board saying enough's enough, or it's got to be the manager getting real and acknowledging you do need some experience if you're going to win things. Um, so let's see what happens. Do you not think that this is one of the first seasons where there aren't going to be too many excuses? Because I think last year you could have written off because so many of them were sick or so many of them were broken. And this year, all right, all right, I've got Sesk in there at the moment and Marlon, but this year, touch wood, something quickly. <laughs> we've been relatively, you know, we've had a strong 11. Well, yeah, I mean, the funny thing is you can actually see it in Wenger's face when we have a disappointing performance that it's like it's destroyed his own kind of illusions and he's, he's, he's previously kept a bit of a stiffer upper lip, you know, in, in terms of being able to cope with defeat but you can see in his eyes that he actually can't work out why it's not happening or, you know, his faith in these players... You know, it's it's been destroyed. You know, they have let him down. You know, he has always believed, and I think a bit of him does actually believe the players won't let him down. But when they do again and again and again, he's he's crestfallen. He doesn't know where to turn. And uh, I mean, it's either got to be a change of policy or just a Devon Lock situation, whereby because everyone else is falling by the wayside, somehow they come through. Well, I mean, can we see this Arsenal team getting resilient and putting together a run of games between now and May, which will bring them to title? It hasn't happened before. You know, why should it change now? Well, well let, let's get our optimistic out. I mean, the, the results in the League Cup last week couldn't have gone better if we asked them to. West Ham United pull out the performance of the decade to beat Man U 4-0. Reserves, yeah. Um, score, no, score? no, that was quite a strong team. Yeah, Man United I, I, team was quite. I've heard of half those players. Oh come Obertan on! Obertan and whatever it you was, and that other fellow up front. Well, that just shows anyway. United's <laughs> strength and depth is not what it was. West Ham beat yeah, absolutely. West Ham beat United four 0 We beat the toothless Wigan. Ipswich did us a favour by upsetting uh, West Brom. West Brom. Um, and we've got Ipswich in the semi-final with, you know, touch wood, a view to an all-London League Cup final. Tales of Trevor Brookin. Uh, I, I, I never used to score many with my head. Yes, we know, Trev. Um, if we don't win the League Cup, we want shooting, no? I mean, if we do win, however, will that be enough for this season? Or will you want or expect it to be the springboard for being one of the more sought-after prizes? Mark, stick or twist? What's the stick and what's the twist again, Dave? Uh, take the League Cup or, you know, fuck it. That's, that's, that's meaningless. Not, yeah, that's meaningless. That's just, we win that as to get momentum up, to go forth and win one of the big ones. I'm one of these dudes that kind of think the Cups don't mean that much anymore, really. And a top four place has kind of, does mean more than winning the Cups. But having said that, I love Kylie Cup games. The atmosphere is better. I think there's more of an atmosphere there. I love the Carling Cup. I like to win it. It's a day out. It won't mean very much, really. But Kev keeps harping on about how it instills a really mentality in the team and that kind of type of thing. So, you know, if that, uh, uh, it means that might prove to be the case. Who knows? It's a trophy. It's a day out. It's a bit of fun. Why not? Kev, the, the counter-argument <laughs> to that. Psychologically, the team need to believe they can win a trophy. All right? It's a springboard. It's often referred to the 87 League Cup as, as an important aspect in how they then went on to win the title two years later um, I think it is absolutely vital that these players carry around a bloody trophy you know that, that, that they've had to compete for and just demonstrate to themselves they can win something get the feeling of it start believing in themselves and then start winning big games for the bigger trophies um, 
I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I doubt it very much in terms of the league. But, you know, having won something this season, it might help them next season um, psychologically. I really think. I mean, Chelsea and Man United have won the Carling Cup in recent years. Yeah, it hasn't done them any harm. So I think Spurs won it as well a few years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously sometimes, you know, <laughs> because of the nature of the competition, you're going to get that kind of thing happening. That kind of shit team, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah but you can argue that that's pushed them on to the Champions League. Well, that's absolutely. Well, you can. <laughs> if we're being unbiased about the wankers. You're too sensible, Lindsay, for this as well. <laughs> I, I like the Carling Cup. I, I like going to the Emirates and having a more optimistic crowd. I quite enjoyed... Um, the, the night in the snow. It was very weird that when we were missing all the chances, instead of the usual shouting and screaming, there was people giving the players, oh, that was a bit of a shame, probably because it's cold. Oh, look, he slipped, you know, rather than, you fucking shit, <laughs> Which is what you usually get. Um, and and I, I really agree with Kev. I think that the one thing, uh, you know, you can blame Arsenal for a lot of things. You can blame the board for letting Arsenal get indulged. You can blame the staging. You can blame finances. But sometimes it comes down to the personnel on the pitch. And I think if you can get something going on in that dressing room you know a feeling a buzz a, a fight for each other a, let's right we've done this now let's push on I think you know on our day we give Chelsea a run for our money alright they score the chances and we don't but we outplayed them the Tottenham game was a, was an abnormality that we never want to repeat because the first half was, was just something special and I think if you can get their heads right and if you can get in their brains to concentrate and to push on for, for parading a trophy and having all that drama it might just make them become men it's a good point, Lindsay. No, no I, I agree. I, if we, regardless of anything, if we don't win the League Cup this year, then then we really do need shooting. Big time. Ipswich followed by West Ham. It, it doesn't get any easier. Well, don't discount really. Birmingham. They might uh, beat West Ham. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's got a team to West Ham, Birmingham. But it also gets that nothing for six years label off our back, doesn't it? I mean, all right, it'll be nothing for six years but a Carling Cup if we win it. Mm. But at least that's that done, so we can move on. You know, you got you think every year is another year where they doubt themselves. Yeah. And, and, you know... Mm. What's wrong with a bit of glitz and glamour for a Wembley Cup final? It means you can finally do it at the Emirates, put up that little trophy. <laughs> There's a and bit that little space in that, in that little corner. We can finally add another little icon a little up on that bit. <laughs> but at least it's something there. The first trophy won in the Emirates era. Exactly. So you use the word Kev, but yes. another word for it, really. Flagellate yourself when you get home. Mate, I always do it every night. <laughs> but, um, but wouldn't it be great to see another trophy get bunged yeah. up there? Um, so I agree with you. Carling Cup, why not? It's, it's a day out. Yeah, it means a lot to the fans, and I'd like to think it means a lot to the players. I think, I think what, what means more to the fans, certainly from where I sit anyway, that's the FA Cup. And um, Jaw's been you know, quite kind to us. Leeds at home. You know, it's not as nice as Chelsea's third round draw every year when they get Debenhams at home. Um, but you know, I would have taken Leeds at home over and above anything else. Mark, what are our chances this year? you think in the FA Cup? It all comes down once again to the man that has dominated his last two Christmas podcast specials and that is Arsene Wenger. What team would he put out? Well, that well, is Mark, the question, David Udo. If I may, I've, I, 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 I you, asked Kevin to print up oh, okay. copies of the fixture list as um, I think once we get after Christmas, it's all about Christmas fixture congestion. Time, and um, mistletoe and wine. You're right, Cliff. That was just give it a bit of a Christmas feel. There's no mince pies here tonight. There's no Christmas bells. You look, you look at the games we've got before and after each of our um, each of the rounds of the FA Cup. I mean, you look at the third round. We've got Leeds on the Saturday. Prior to that, we've got Man City at home in the league. 
it's a top four game, you know, it's, it's a Sky Soccer Special, uh, one that we have to win. <laughs> and then the following Wednesday, we've got, the, we've got the League Cup semi-final first leg against Ipswich. So, I mean, I can't help but think that um, that team against Leeds, it's going to be a half-and-half half effort. But, you know, I mean, you know, let's be... But that should scrape through at home, really. A half-and-half half effort should scrape through at Leeds at home, you'd like to think. A half, uh, an Arsenal half-and-half half shouldn't scrape through against Leeds at home. It should win 5 nil. Oh, and they're Leeds like a playoff place at the moment. Uh, That's not an easy game. Well, OK, well, okay fine. Yeah, we, we should get through. OK. Fourth round comes um, just after the second leg of the... Um, the Ipswich um, Carling Cup semi-final. Right, winning Zing. And three, <laughs> and three, three days prior to a very important home league game. It's weird how um, we've got lots of midweek league games straight after Christmas, oddly. But, you know, let's say we, we sort of lumber through that. That's when we get into real squeaky bum time because then the Champions League starts up again. So the fifth round of the FA Cup is on the Saturday immediately after the first leg of the round of 16. And the game after that is Tottenham away. Or... The Carling Cup final. So the fifth, if we do manage to stumble through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, there's a week gap there, though, Dave. Oh, there is. Yeah, there is a week gap. That's what I mean. So a week gap's a week gap. You can play every week. No, no, because what happens in the last sixteen of the Champions League? Oh, I see. I mean, it's two legs, of course, Kevin. No, no, no. It's not two legs. They play one set of games on the fifteenth or sixteenth. Yeah. Four ties on those two days. And then the following midweek, they have the other four ties, first leg. Oh, got you. And you don't know until the draw is made in December mm. when you will be playing. Oh, mm. right. So you could be either midweek before the FA Cup or the midweek after. But either way... So we could have the FA Cup fifth round on the, on the Saturday or the Sunday, the first leg of the Champions League on the Wednesday, and then the Carling Cup on the Sunday. Or oh, Yes. Indeed. All talking away. Oh, it's all confusing. That is correct. But, you know, let's say we stumble through that somehow. The you worry know. of that is that you, you put a weakened team out for the FA Cup and the Carling Cup final and you play your strongest team against Barcelona. So, uh, hence sacrificing all three games. Do you know what I say? Play your strongest team in every game. Well, I mean, they'll listen. It's what Chelsea do. About, it's what Chelsea you know, do. I mean, you know, as long as you're winning games, the momentum continues. You don't, you, the players don't look tired then. We've got more options on the bench this year as well, haven't we? I mean, it's, it, it's not looking so threadbare. You actually look at our bench and think, well, we've got players that can come on now and make a bit of an impact. So, you know, I'm not too worried about a bit of rotation, really. I, I remarked to Kev on Saturday that, you know, we certainly worked about this, this Arsenal squad, but the fact is in our 18, we have fit... So, sorry, but outside of the 18, we have fit two international centre-forwards with 45 caps between them and 20 goals in Carlos Vela and Barry Bender. So, oh, you no. know... <laughs> sorry. Where are going January, do you think? You're either telepathic or you're reading me sheet upside down. I'm not that clever, mate. It's, <laughs> um, so, OK, right, we're coming up to Christmas. We all want different things for Christmas. I'm, I'm looking for an espresso coffee machine. Um, Will you use it, though? One of those things that looks nice on your shelf, you never bother making. You know what? Be, they're dangerous, Dave. Power of advertising, Mark. Seriously, I've seen George Clooney and John Malkovich having, quite <laughs> frankly, a whale of a time with theirs. And you know what? I want in. I bought a bread maker. I haven't used it once. I have um, got an authentic Gaccia espresso oh, maker. Oh, molto bene, signore. From Italy, and I never use it. So check out eBay on Saturday. It'll be item number three five seven. Do you make any crap in your kitchen? Yeah, yeah, me the cook. Good work. I've got a microwave in my kitchen that does everything it needs to do. 
But what I'd really like for what I'd really, really like for Christmas. David, do you know what I want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? All I want for Christmas is you. Faith. <laughs> Why are you putting that one? <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Um, <laughs> got a little top up there. Okay, go on, a little sprinkle. Although you can't see, this Christmas is why cheer. this is why I think we Thanks, should do Dave. a vodcast rather than a podcast. Kev has put a row hypnol <laughs> in uh, in Mark's Cabernet Shiraz. Um, Christmas brings with it the January transfer window. Uh, when it opens, I'll be selling myself in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, in the MGM Grand. Um, but I'll also have one eye on the first few days of the transfer window, Lindsay. Do we still need to buy a goalkeeper after the recent performances by Wukash Fabianski and the supposedly returning Manuel Almunia? Oh, I'm so on the fence with it. It's not funny. Yeah, I think we do. I, I, obviously not Rayner, um, because he's not exactly covered himself in glory, and I'm glad we didn't go for short But if a candidate come up that I was within Wenger's budget and was looking to come to Arsenal, yeah, well, definitely. I can't. Fabianski still stares me. I'm not relaxed amongst him yet. Mark, new goalie for you in January? No. I, I, you know, people went on and on for ages. It's a very obvious thing to say. I think Chesney's ready. I really do. I've, what, is he the one and only? He is the one and only. Though, Vito Manoni was the one and only. But anyway, but, um, no, I actually think Chesney is ready. And I think, should Fabian actually get injured? I think I mean, he's ever going to play again, surely, you know. I think Chesney can step up. I really do. On the basis of uh, a Carlin Cup game where he had nothing to do. Yeah, exactly. It's his presence. I love his presence. I also love his Twitters. He's well funny. So that alone is good enough for me. I like his tweets. I like his presence. And that's not Chris' presence. That's his presence on the pitch. I'm, more, I'm a Chesney man. Uh, Kev, uh, do you just want um, the fattest Twitter user we can find <laughs> between the sticks? Or would you prefer a goalkeeper? Uh, well, I do rate Chesney. Um... And I have an acquaintance who saw him a fair bit at Brentford last season who thinks he is the bee's knees. Guess very good, that. The bee's the knees. Very good, yeah. Kevin. Um, you don't like oh, nothing, I just do got that. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so I was editor of The Goonie, you know, and author of so many esteemed novels. Not novels, sports books, sorry. Next time, I'm sorry I haven't a clue. <laughs> I'd give him a go, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I mean, I certainly wouldn't... I certainly think there are other positions that need addressing. Yeah. So if there are, is a limited amount of money, you know, if we can only buy two players at 12 or 13 million a shot. Two players at 12, 13 we've million a shot? We've got the money. We have the money to buy these players. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would suggest is actually selling a couple. Yeah, there's got to be a few. Oh, oh okay. So many questions. So what you're, what you're saying is... You, um, by and large, we're, we're content with Wukash? Uh, well, mm. let's put it this way. I'm, I think buying a top, top goalkeeper would, would, would actually stop Chesney coming into the team soon enough. I mean, he's going to go, you know, if he doesn't start getting football because he's that good. That's my opinion. But, would, would it not have made sense to have... Does the, the Mark Schwarzer move, which obviously now can't happen in light of him signing a new contract at Craven Cottage... Uh, that would have made perfect sense. Thirty-eight, eighteen-month yep. uh, deal You've with a You've got to imagine a that was because he did have faith in Chesney, and I just think now he's just holding Chesney yeah. back because just, just just trying to hold him back as long as he can because he just doesn't want a manning a situation where he has a bad game loses confidence. But I think Chesney has is, is, is got more character than that. He doesn't lack self-confidence. I like the way he is very vocal. It sounds to me like, you know, he is going to ball out his defence. And for God's sake, this defence needs balling out. Mm. 
I don't care if he's yeah. 21 or whatever age. He, you know, Adams is 21, the young captain. It didn't stop him shouting at people. He seems to have the character to, you know, be an authority at the back, make the area his own, you know. That's made by his presence care. Exactly. He's domineering. Exactly. I mean, we all hated Peter Schmeichel. Yeah. But you cannot argue with the way that that guy's domain was his area. And, and, and woe betide anyone that got in the way. So I'm hoping Chesney is that kind of player. So, you know, if he's going to get a shot, maybe at the start of next season, um, I'm willing to wait. But surely the fact that he came out and was quite vocal about his contract recently, said, I'm, I'm off, the club were very, very quick to put that to bed and to get him some, and offer it better terms. Well, it's interesting the amount of money contract. they're paying him. He's a legend on 30 grand a week, I understand. At least, and I mean, that's an indication that he will be promoted very soon. And I'm sure in that contract is also an agreement that his wages probably go up, depending on appearances. You know, I mean, I'm sure his agent's cute enough to have sorted that out. So um, I don't think there's any lack of belief at the club. I just think it's a matter of when. And uh, I suspect the when might come if Lukas does have a couple of bad games in a row um, then, then we will see Chesney I, th- I think one of the certain moves of the January transfer window will be Armunia leaving to a mid-table or maybe even top of the Segunda Liga team uh, in Spain and a 37-38 probably French goalkeeper coming in someone like Flavio Roma uh, from Monaco purely just to sort of sit as a senior custodian uh, on the training ground as much as anything else in the same way that Van der Sar is currently doing at Manchester United um, Insightful, very insightful. You're, Thank you're you. very well versed in the ways of football. Well, you know, I'm single, live my own, I read world football and that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> he's been years, That's why we're about David and he's Lindsay, he's been years trying to get in that chair. <laughs> <laughs> and, the minute, and, the, and the minute Joe... I've got Joe off, deported. Yeah, he got deported. We knew, once he said in, Joe was never coming back. We <laughs> knew that. He, that. That was his dream. I did all I could to get to get <laughs> rough. Did all, all I could to get Russ depressed, and I thought it was my turn. No. You can't say the that. Funny thing is, the funny thing is, his biggest fan is Joe Broadfoot. You know? Joe, oh, yeah. Joe effuses to me on email about how much he enjoys your hosting. That's oh, because Joe's, a very nice, because Joe's a very nice man. Joe is, I miss Joe Broadfoot. Joe Broadfoot, he's like a brother from another mother. You know, He's the, um, the N5 David Essex. He is. He's got a lovely mane of hair, which us three lads haven't. So a lovely, absolutely. Jealous. A lovely mane of hair. And Joe, <laughs> if you're listening, which I know you are because you've got to do the levels on this. <laughs> <laughs> Konnichiwa. Right. Konnichiwa. So, um, stop Lindsay there. What was your question? Any other positions that need addressing? Yeah, I think there's a few that can go, and then I think we need to spend. I'd, I'd like to see a better deputy for Barsui. Um I'd like to see Clichy drop down. Um, I'd like to see Bella moved on. I've got to be honest, I've run out of patience. I think he's a great cake icer. You know, a Graham Rich or a Stephen Hughes, if you will. Yeah. I think, you know, when you're looking for that lovely fifth goal when you're already 4 0 up and you want that, oh, that was great to go home with. That's Carlos Vela for you. But yeah, I think we've got issues in, in, in on either side at the back as well. I agree, actually. I, I, th- I think our fullbacks yeah. are criminally overrated, Mark. I totally agree with Lindsay there. I was mentioned about cliche, and I think, I think Kieran Gibbs has the potential, but let's face it, yeah. he's injury prone and a bit too, too young. 
And I think Sanya, even though he's vastly improved this season compared to last, I thought he was awful last season, mm. actually. Abue is not good enough for him back up. He's not a deputy, is he? I mean, you, you think if he, if, if Sanya had been injured for that Tottenham game and you'd watch Gareth Bale run at Abue in them tights. You're <laughs> <laughs> not getting excited then, is he? Come on. I'm rubbing my legs in them tights. I mean, it would have been just a horror show, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know? oh, totally. And he's going to get an injury at some point, and, and that frightens me that Abue's going to come in. It's slightly worrying that we always, that we've got a huge production line of left backs. I mean, even in sort of the uh, in, in the younger parts of the squad, we've got Cedric Avina, who's on loan at Oldham Athletic. Tom Cruise is widely regarded as as being um, uh, a certainty for the future, unless we forget Armand Traore is currently yes. um, putting out the cones at Juventus. Have we still got him? Is he Juventus? He's injured, isn't he? Uh, oh, no, he's gone. fit. He's well fit for fuck all, unfortunately. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, left backs, left backs is fine, but it's odd that the reserves are playing the out, an out of position Howie Nordvite at, um, at right back. We can't seem to produce any fullbacks that side of the pitch. I mean, Kev, I mean, look, realistically, we all want the same five, six players to leave. Uh, we want to the be same replaced. thing, we want the same dream. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, we, we dream the dream, same dream, we want the same thing. Is that the lyrics? Yes, right, yeah, Linda Carlisle. Yeah. Um, Thanks, David. I watched Buzz Cox last night. Um, but realistically, Kev, do you think anyone's going to leave in the transfer window? Uh, no, except Almunia, as you've already stated. Um, Wenger will hang on in his faith with these players longer than the fans will um, in his desperate attempt to be proved right. But, I mean, I don't know if that's a, you know, maybe we miss David Dean here, but we need to be more wheeler dealer. As Harry Fuck off. Might say. I'm not wearing a day I'm a twitching football manager. <laughs> nah. In the transfer market. And we need to be a bit more... Um, things need shaking up. I mean, generally, I don't think it's good for players to feel too comfortable. It is comfy, isn't it? And, and I think that's, that's certainly a factor in their motivation. You know, if they're, if they're cushy and... I mean, part of the problem is the amount of money we're paying some of them that they're never going to get elsewhere. No. So... You know, they're sitting pretty, but, you know, maybe we've got to take a fall on them. Maybe we've got to say, OK, you take Danielson. We will cover 15 grand a week of his wages for the next two years. Just just, just take him, please. And we will get <laughs> in someone we'll drive him. who will actually do a better job. Because, you know, I think that uh, you could say the squad is big enough, but the quality isn't good enough. And given the amount of money we now have, you know, it's now time to start investing it in quality. What about Bentner? Because obviously he's made big noises about not being a first-team starter. Yeah, well, let him I go. Think, I if think we he was dropped recently, wasn't money. he, really? I think they made a point about dropping him. I think he might go in January. Only only in the way that Lissandra Diara did. I think if he if he talks himself yeah. out the door. Which he's starting to do, really, isn't he? Yeah. But he's ridiculous, because you look at this, and this is where he's going to come in, isn't Yeah, it? absolutely. I mean, it, you know, you can see a role for Bentner in, in these big games coming absolutely, up. Absolutely, yeah. I was quite impressed with him when he came back after the injury. He seemed like, and then moaning again. I still maintain that by the age of 30, Nicholas Bentner will have won the Ballon d'Or. I think he's, uh, I don't think he's the greatest footballer in the world, but um, I think if and when he goes on the market, it won't be Newcastle and Sunderland going in for him, it'll be AC Milan and Bayern Munich. Absolutely. In fact, well, AC Milan have bought some dud centre forwards before. Well, is the Balloon d'Or like the best player of the year award? The thing? Ballon d'Or, yeah, the, um, yeah, the football, yeah, well, football, yeah. <laughs> AC Milan bought, bought Jan Dahl Thomas. True. You're telling me Nicholas Bentner's going to win the World Player of the Year award? Before the age of 30, yeah. Jesus. You I, heard it here first. Didn't seriously, he would score 40 goals. Actually, Bayern Munich would be a perfect fit for him. He'd score hundreds of goals in the Bundesliga. Yeah, but I mean, it why isn't he scoring them at Arsenal then? Uh, he doesn't get the run of games. He's not one of Wenger's favourites. 
Uh, you, you're saying that the supply is there to feed. Uh, I, I think if if Bentham was trusted to be our centre forward all of last season, um, we would have been better off than we finished. Nice. Okay. Interesting, David. I think he's put a roofie in my mineral water. <laughs> um, very quickly, um, with the VAT increase under the coalition government kicking in at the turn of the year. The front row halfway line tickets for Category A games will breach the £100 a game barrier. Ooh! Enzi, what are your thoughts on that? As a, where, uh, where'd you sit? Where'd you sit? I, I sit in club level, so that's quite cheap. <laughs> I don't know, football's going to eat itself, isn't it? It's ridiculous when you're seeing some of the gates that we're getting at the moment. Oh, sorry, there was 59,000 at that Carling Cup game. And, 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 and tractor production is up 400% and there are no US soldiers in Baghdad. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And, and I don't know where... I've got a three-year-old and I don't know where I get her involved in Arsenal at any point in the take future. Take to Orient and take my kids to Orient. Well, I don't want to wish that on her, really, I mean. <laughs> She's only three. <laughs> got a whole life ahead of her. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I think Arsenal, like, we've had the conversation off the podcast about um, being a stadium full of football tourists. We've got to start, you know, appealing to the locals again. We've got to start... We want the players to become part of this Arsenal and have this Arsenal spirit and the Arsenal that it was under George Graham. Well, you've got to get the fans to get involved in that and at 100 quid a pop. Not sure it's going to happen. I think you're exactly right. I mean, one of the, one of the things I noticed... Um, during the Arsenalisation, on one of the walls in the concourse on the lower tier, all the players have written a message. Well, those who have written have written a message. A Bouet's <laughs> done a paw print. Um, uh, Philip Sedros did a stick man. Uh, San- <laughs> Sanchez Watt, of all people, currently sitting on the bench at Leeds, uh, wrote, um, Thank you for everything. Without you, we are nothing. Signed, Sanchez Watt. Can you carbon copy and the team? Cesc Fabregas wrote, I won't go Barcelona! I won't go Barcelona! So, Mark, Mark, matches, uh, who goes to clap the fans? Yeah, Leo and Jack. Yeah. That is it. And, and Jack got a heap of abuse when he did it in Braga. <laughs> did, that, did that really happen? Apparently Jack Wilshire so. got a mouthful. Yeah, apparently so. Wow. Unless it was disgruntled West Ham fans about him nicking off from their academy when he was seven. <laughs> that's, 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 well, quite... I think it was Luton, Oh, was, oh, was Luton. Yeah, he's, he's a West Ham, West Ham fan. fan. Yeah, yeah, grew up in Stevenage. Yeah, that's right. Um, Kev, hundred pound a game. I mean, what interests me about the pricing structure is it is not dissimilar to uh, World Cup um, ticket prices. Um, and it's not like the matches are that unique. However, the bottom line is, even if the people aren't going, they are selling out the tickets every game. You know, the stadium is full. So until that stops, they certainly aren't going to stop. We remarked on this, um, I think it was during the Newcastle game, um, behind the clock end goal in the upper tier, there was clearly an entire block of tickets where people were empty. Now, that says one thing to me and one thing only, touts have got those tickets. Mm. Touts are buying them in blocks. Mm. And I can see that from where I sit. The directors can certainly see it from where they sit. Someone knows that those touts are getting ticket. It's either someone in the box office or the club are legitimising it. I mean, you know, officially they're not in the way that FIFA didn't rig the World Cup draw last week. But um, someone knows that, you know, something's going on. I mean, is, is there anyone at the club we can write to to ask an explanation of this situation? Well, I'm sure the explanation would be something like these were part of a deal with Thomas Cook and yeah, they were linked to hotel rooms or whatever. They're never going to admit that there's any shenanigans going on. Um, 
the club are happy as long as there's a limit tickets. What happens to them after that is not really an issue. That's something for the police to worry about, using the touting law, which half the time is used against completely innocent supporters who are just trying to get rid of a genuine spare at face value. Mm. Um, so I don't see any changes to that. Um, the bottom line for Arsenal is always going to be money, whatever they say. And if they can sell the tickets, they don't mind who's going to buy them. So it's a shame because you know you'd like to see the seats seats full, but this is now the football world that we live in, and uh, I think we're going to have to get used to it. A couple of things before we go. Uh, in a word, do you care about England not winning the right to host the World Cup finals in 2018, Lindsay? Yes. Mark. Yeah. Kev. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to have more than a word. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Just I thought I could go on. Alan, start the car. <laughs> I was rooting for Spain and Portugal. However, I was hardly surprised when Russia won it. And I'm, my only regret is I didn't put a large amount of money on that particular outcome. No, the, the only one who never. <laughs> the question is, Kev, would you like to see a World Cup in England? Uh, yes, I would, but I wasn't obsessed by it. No, um, I wasn't obsessed, but it would be nice. It would be nice, but I like going to World Cups. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it, wanting to embrace foreign culture, you know? <laughs> I, 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 and I would love to have seen... Um, I mean, I was too young in 82. I would love to have seen a World Cup. No, in, you wasn't. I was. <laughs> I would love to have seen a World Cup in Spain and Portugal, and I certainly can't afford to go to bloody Russia. But I'm... I'm I'm hoping that because Qatar haven't got enough of a population to fill the stadiums, they will lessen the prices for that World Cup. Because yeah. even though it's oppressively hot, it, it does look like it's going to be fantastic in terms of being there in the stadiums. And well, you've got a lot of years to save up, Kevin, if you're not going to go to the one Indeed. in Well, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of going 2014, but I'm certainly not going to Russia. As Sting once said, I hope the Russians love their children too. Let's hope that's true tonight, David Day. Day. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Profound. Um, before we finish, um, I'd like to hand over the floor to our special guest for a brief plug of the website she's involved with. Uh, Lindsay, gonnatalk.com. What's it all about? Uh, it's a website that a group of us friends that went to school together set up. Um, we try to create a match day experience for Gooners. So people who can't get to the game, they get to see videos of us interviewing fans outside the train station having a moan, generally. <laughs> we do get the odd optimistic person, but they're normally just pissed out their bonds on the 12 pins. A um, lot of Photoshop, a lot of blogs, um, and you know, just the usual Arsenal chat on Gunner Shout. Uh, the match experience thing sounds great, actually. Is that available through your, your, your Common and Garden iPhone? No, we haven't actually got an iPhone app, but it's available at www.gonatalk.com, so please check us out. Thank you very much. Sounds very good. I'm there on the internet <laughs> tonight. <laughs> I, am. I, I, I actually feel great because I couldn't make the Wigan game last week because I was actually stuck in the office to learn. Part-timer, part-timer. I'm just a part-time lover. Um, so... <laughs> We'll be back in January. Um, guys, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all. Best of greetings to you, David. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there in podcast world. We'll be back in January. We hope you have an enjoyable festive break, especially with regard to yours and our football team. Until then, my thanks to the panel. My name's David Udo, and thanks for listening. La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee. All good friends and jolly good company. Hurrah! Merry Christmas! Yay!